Welcome to the FedSpeak podcast, brought to you by M&I Market News. I'm Jean Young, reporter in Washington. Today we have on our show Thomas Lubick, Senior Advisor in the Research Department at the Richmond Fed, to talk about the U.S. labor market. Thomas, thanks for coming on FedSpeak. Thanks so much, Jean. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So let's start by you telling me a little bit about what you do at the Richmond Fed. I'm a senior advisor, so I work with other economists in the team to advise President um, Tom Barkin on matters of monetary policy, financial policy. We prepare his FOMC meetings together with him and also advise the board of directors on matters of policy that uh, is relevant for, for the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, second part of my role is that of a research economist. So I conduct um, independent research. The labor market um, is one area I focus on, but also all kinds of issues on that are of interest to monetary policymakers. Oh, great. Speaking of the labor market, this is a great time to have you on our show because we just got a surprisingly strong jobs report on Friday. Before that, we had surprisingly strong jolts data, but at the same time, I think the wage data has been showing a little bit of a slowdown that we've been looking for. Can you talk about the latest data that we're seeing? Yes, uh, as you pointed out, Trump's report that we got last week was a huge surprise. So the way I see the labor market now, and I've said this in, in many different many different occasions, is I almost see it like operating its own universe. It seems almost unaffected by whatever else is going on in the economy. Um, which is a good thing. It is actually an ex- extremely good thing. So we haven't seen a labor market like this in um, more than 40 years. So the unemployment rate fell to three, uh, 3.4%, which is the lowest since 1969. And all of this after the financial crisis, the Great Recession, the fairly slow growth in the 2010s, and of course, the covid pandemic. Um, I would say it's a remarkable performance of the labor market with almost no weakness inside, which of course poses a little bit of a conundrum, if you may. Right. The unemployment rate is super low at a time when interest rates have been rising at their fastest pace in a number of decades. Why do you think we haven't seen the weakness in the labor market? That is, of course, um, the $100 million question. So, as I said, I mean, I think of the labor market as in its own universe. I think there is um, strong labor demand out out there um, coming from a variety of sources. So, it could be that companies... um, were a little bit panicked um, because of the labor shortages. There may be structural change going on that leads to um, excess hiring of workers. But overall, it could very well be that policy has not been restrictive enough. So I don't think we have any clear-cut answers on this. But I should definitely say that labor demand is still extremely strong. And again, this is a very much a good thing. Right. The JOLTS data is evidence of that, right? Yes, um, most definitely. We we have seen a little bit of weakness, and this is really just cherry picking or nitpicking, if you will. I mean, some of the recent jobs data where vacancy postings have declined, job to job transition rates have declined a little bit from extreme highs 
from historically high, high levels. But overall, I mean, the Schultz data are still at levels that we had just seen before, before the COVID pandemic hit. Do you expect it to keep going up? Openings, that is. So one number that I like to look at is the ratio of job openings to the unemployment rate. So at its peak level, there were two job openings for each job seeker, an unemployed um, job seeker. That has come down a little bit to 1.7. So the vacancy rate has declined a little bit. There was a surprise in that is Trolls data that it went up. I, I would still regard it as a little bit of a puzzle in that for over a year, we essentially have only seen vertical movements. Let me explain this a little bit, because this ties to one of the labor market descriptors that I like to look at, namely the beverage curve. So the beverage curve essentially compares the unemployment rate with the job openings rate. So traditionally, the beverage curve says that when the unemployment rate is high, job openings are low because the economy is in a recession. Vice versa, in an expansion, Unemployment is low and the vacancy rate um, is high because the economy is an expansion. What we have seen during the pandemic is a huge expansion of the number of job openings, which we refer to as an outward shift in the beverage curve. And for over a year, the unemployment rate has been around 3.5%, 3.7%, and the vacancy rate at elevated levels essentially around 10 million job openings. And there hasn't been much movement in that. So it seems like we are stuck in that own universe again, this cluster with not much movement. So the big question, is this going to come down again? Six months ago, I would have bet a lot of money. Yes, we will see some downward movement. We haven't seen it yet. With such strong labor demand, why is it that wage growth is slowing? You can think of nominal wage growth as consisting of three components. So essentially the 2% inflation adjustment consistent with the Fed's inflation target, an adjustment for productivity growth, think of this as 1%. Roughly speaking, we would expect to see around 3% wage growth. Now we are in the 4% range. This signals that inflation maybe has started to come down. At the same time, what we also know is that as new workers enter the labor market and enter employment relationships, productivity tends to fall, particularly at the end of an expansion. So there may be some of this going on. There may also be what we call composition effects at play. So at the start of the COVID recovery, we saw very rapid wage growths in high-skilled occupations, um, and this has now shifted to service occupations, which are tra uh, traditionally lower paid. So if there's no higher wage growth in the service sector, that would translate into lower overall wage growth. Or finally, this may be a signal that the economy is slowing down a little bit in that workers don't have as much bargaining power and they used to have um, one year ago. A lot of analysts have looked at the recent data and talked about the prospect for a soft landing, for getting wage growth more consistent with 2% inflation, 
while hiring remains strong and people still keeping their jobs. What, what do you make of that? As of today, I find it very hard to discount that case. And again, when the Fed started on its hiking path, I would have been leaning much more towards not seeing um, a soft landing because the employment situation almost seemed too good. So referring back to the beverage curve, it was a very unusual historic um, experience. Given how the data have come in, I mean, I think personally, I would have to revise this, this opinion. I think a soft landing, meaning that inflation trending down persistently and steadily towards the 2% inflation target without much effect on the unemployment rate seems to be in the realm of possibility. The last crops report, I mean, it was an exceptionally good good number. I mean, there's nothing to, to cherry pick there. It is just one data point. But overall speaking, the upward revisions of overall employment growth in um, last year um, just contributed to the overall impression, impression that the labor market is exceptionally strong. And it would take a lot more, I think, to hurt it. So I can certainly no longer make a strong argument that we should possibly discount the soft landing. The FOMC has said that ongoing rate increases are still appropriate. They want to take rates above 5%, and they project the unemployment rate to rise by about one percentage point this year. Do you have that outlook, I guess? First and foremost, inflation needs to come under control. And until inflation has not moved back towards a sustainable level close to 2%, um, the Fed's job isn't isn't done. I mean, I think it's as simply as that. We've seen some encouraging signs in the November, um, December price data. So this remains to be seen how much inflation will come down over the next couple of months. In other words, how persistent inflation is. Personally, I'm a little bit skeptical that um, inflation is not persistent because historically speaking, on the upwards trajectory, inflation can shoot up very quickly, but um, coming down takes much more effort. So in that sense, I can see that rate hikes above 5% or as in the last um, SEP are certainly well within the realm of possibility and most likely warranted. What about the forecast for the unemployment rate to rise? How do you see that taking place? The FOMC, as well as much of the economist profession, still think sees the natural rate of unemployment rate or the long-run unemployment rate, non-inflationary unemployment rate, um, around 4.5%. And this is well borne out by um, the historical evidence. But on the other hand, what we've seen in the 2010s, particularly um, around 2015 on, the unemployment rate dropped persistently below that. So we were at 3.5% before COVID, we're now at 3.4%. I think it's likely that we will have to revise the long-term unemployment rate, how low it can go. So I think something in the closer to 4% range is more likely. But this brings us back to the question of a soft landing. I, I think I can see the 
scenario, as you have um, laid out, unemployment going back to four and a half percent or full percentage point. But I can also see the scenario of um, a soft landing, which is staying around four percent. I mean, I think the case either way is not clear yet. But personally, I'm shifting much more to the soft landing um, mm. part. And in that scenario, does wage growth come down to something like three, four percent, which will feed into those core services, ex-housing inflation numbers, and bring inflation down that way? Yeah, I mean, we, we would expect to see this. As I said, I mean, 2% inflation target plus adjustment for productivity around 1%. 1%. This would certainly be a strong signal that we are on the right path and, and wages have been on the right path. Last thing I want to ask you about on the labor supply side, we've had a lot of workers leave the labor market. A lot of them were retirees. Some of them are immigrants. What is your outlook for that supply to recover? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. So one one aspect of the jobs report in January was that we added 1 million new workers to the labor force. So I think that was a very positive surprise. Essentially, it was a recounting of the immigrant labor force. And this is one of the strong sources of U.S. employment growth, immigration. And particularly, it was young male immigration workers that had very high labor force participation rate that I think softened some of those labor shortages. So going forward, higher immigration most certainly will contribute to um, alleviating labor shortages and increase the labor force. As far as retirees are, are, are concerned, it, it, it could go either way. So I think there's certainly an aspect to this because of the strong fiscal support during, um, during COVID, and then the decline in the stock market, um, which puts some retirement plans um, in, into question. So, so that remains to be seen. But somehow the labor force participation rate that never fails to surprise me. We've seen again in the 2010s that labor force participation in the US because of demographic reasons declined from its peak. And all trends would have pointed towards much lower labor force participation rate um, than it was pre-COVID. But then we saw an uptick, again, starting around the mid-2010s. The FMC has, had noted this at that time, which brought in potential workers from the sidelines, increasing labor force participation. Again, a very positive development. The COVID pandemic scrambled all of this, particularly the data flow, but I think we have seen an uptick in this. So part of the strong labor market performance is due to potential workers coming in from the sidelines. But overall, I think the employment outlook, both in the short term at, at the business cycle frequency, if, if you will, but also in the medium to long term is very, very positive. Great. Well, thank you so much, Thomas, for your time. Okay, thank you so much.